Psalm 119, verses 161 through 168. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in all of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but they, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. God, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. Let's pray to Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for the night. Thank you for the opportunity. God, meet together, Lord, just to worship you, just to praise your name. Thank you for the song service. God, thank you, Lord, that you hold the whole world in your hands. God, where you're in control, you're sovereign, you're almighty. God, as long as you're on the throne, everything's going to be all right. Lord, you sure have been good to us. Lord, you sure have blessed us beyond our wildest dreams, beyond what we could think of, what we could dream of. God, to be able to sit in our right minds tonight, God, to sit around and open up the Bible and hear God speak to us through his word. Lord, what a blessing that is tonight. Lord, to take the word of God and not just hear it, not just say it's a good message, but to go home and practice it and apply it and God, to watch the truth of your word come alive and change our lives the way we live. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. Lord, thank you for those that are able to be back tonight. Pray, Lord, for those that weren't able to make it, God, for various reasons. And God, would you work in their hearts tonight. I'm thankful tonight, Lord, you're not confined to the walls of this building. But thank you, Lord, for having the, having the doors open for us in a place, God, we can come and sit down. And God, we can, we can rest from the world that we live in. And God, just be reminded how much you love us, how much you care for us. How well you take care of us. We love and we thank you for tonight. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you the praise. Help your word. God, use your word to accomplish that which you want to tonight. God, challenge us, change us, convict us, encourage us, strengthen us, call us. Whatever you want to do tonight, Lord, we'll give you free reign. It's your house. It's your business. We love and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Verse 161 of Psalm 119, we've got this stanza, then the next stanza, and then we've made it through the longest psalm of your Bible and the longest chapter in your Bible, and I've enjoyed just opening up the Word of God and, and, and just reading about the Word of God and the psalmist's heart for the Word of God and how wonderful God is. And to be honest with you, all 176 verses, I have to agree with the psalmist. There's not one thing in here where I stop and say, yeah, he didn't get that one right. Or he missed out. He's off just a little bit there. No, everything he said is right. Why? Because God told him to say it. It's inspired. It's God-breathed. And so tonight, it's not just the psalmist talking about the word of God, but it's God talking about the word of God. It's God talking about his word, and God knows his word better than me and you do tonight. Everything God says about his word is right because everything God says is right. And we've learned throughout this that God's word is wonderful. It's great. It's awesome. It's beyond uh, comprehension, but yet it's comforting enough to hold us together when everything's falling apart. But we'll see here tonight that Psalm 161 kind of follows the same line 
uh, that we've been kind of looking at in the past few stanzas. The past few stanzas, I don't mean they're doom and gloom, I don't mean they're downers and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but the past few psalms have dealt with things like affliction and persecution and problems and enemies arising. And it's just kind of one of those like, hey, I know this thing's a fight. I, I know it's a battle. I know it's a struggle. But is there some sunshine along the way? And Psalm 119 verse 161 opens up along those same lines. It says, the princes have persecuted me without a cause. In essence, they have come against me for no reason. They've come against me with no evidence. They've come against me for no, for no purpose other than just to, 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 to put me down and to make me lose my heart and my desire to serve the Lord and to spend time in his word. And so you, you read that first portion of verse 161 and I'm thinking to myself, all right, here we go again. It's good and it's right and, and we're, gonna, we're gonna listen to it. But then right in the midst of that verse, everything changes. He said, yes, they're persecuting me. And yes, they're coming against me. And yes, they're wrong in doing it. They have no cause to do so. Then he says, but. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. My heart standeth in awe of thy word. He said, I could tell you about those princes. I could tell you about how wrong they are and how messed up they are and how far off they are and how they don't seek God and how they don't love God. I, I could tell you all about them. He said, but I'd be wasting my time. He said, I got something better I can tell you about. I got something better I can dwell on. I got something better that I can draw from and learn from and glean from. He said, I stand in awe of the word of God. We would say it this way, God's word is awesome. You ever seen anything you just stepped back and said, boy, that's awesome. That's awesome. Me and TR were playing disc golf this week and we were at, uh, I think we were at Lake Olmstead and he was about 10 foot, 12 foot from the basket and he threw it and that thing hit the chains and fell right in. I don't know who jumped higher. Me or him. But I said, Boba, that is awesome. That's great. That's wonderful. That I'm glad you made it. And can I say tonight, the psalmist steps back and he says, my heart standeth in awe at the word of God. He said, I cannot get enough of it, though I can't comprehend it fully. It is amazing. It is great. It is awesome. I just stand in awe of it. And here's the thing tonight. The persecution is going to come. It's going to be without cause. You're going to do everything and try to do everything right in your own ability to do right. You're going to want to serve God, live for God, and persecution is going to come, and they're going to accuse you of things that you haven't done, and they're going to say you did things that you would never do, and they're going to come against you, all that kind of stuff, and you're going to have to stop there for a second and say, am I going to dwell on that? Or am I going to put my heart in the word of God, let my heart get fixated on the word of God? Because when your heart gets fixated on them, bitterness, jealousy, envy, wrath, all that kind of stuff will find its way in your life. But when all that's coming, you stop and you say, no, my heart is going to dwell on the word of God. And when you purpose that in your heart tonight, you make that decision and you follow through with it, everything changes. Everything changes. Because the whole psalm, this portion of Psalm 119 changes when he says, my heart stands in awe of the word, or of thy word. Now we're going to look at this thought of having a heart that is fixed on the word of God. The greatest thing a Christian can do is to have their heart fixed on the word of God. And in essence, this 
isn't just something I pick up on Sundays and Wednesdays and maybe a few days in between. This is something that I run to. This is what I base my life off of. This is how I make my decisions. This is how I run my family. This is how I run my business. This is how I run my life. Anything and everything, my heart is in this thing and I'm gonna trust this thing. I'm gonna believe it and I'm gonna follow through with it. When we get to that place in our Christian life, we will no longer be concerned with what the princess had to say. We'll look at them and say, haters gonna hate, and they'll just move right along. Pretty sure that's what the psalmist said. Haters gonna hate. Pretty sure it's from South Augusta. <laughs> I'm just picking tonight. But there's some benefits in that, that when we have our, our heart fixed on the word of God tonight, it produces the following things. A heart fixed on God's word will produce the following things tonight. First of all, when a heart is fixed, it'll produce an appreciation for the value of scriptures or for the value of the scriptures tonight. Look at verse 162. I rejoice at thy word. I rejoice at thy word. Who in here has ever had the proverbial saying, ever had their, sto- their toes, their toes stepped on during the preaching? It's like one of those, the preacher finds your row and he just plows. You got the point. He just keeps plowing. He just keeps going. And he step back. You're all right, preacher, that's enough. Back off. I get it. I understand. Move on. And if we're not careful, when that happens to us, we'll get upset and not rejoice. Now, if it's aligned with the Bible and it's aligned with the word of God tonight, we ought to take the good with the hard, so to speak. When God deals with things in our life through the preaching of God's word, it's not just, oh, I don't care, that's not for me, that's for somebody else. We ought to sit back and rejoice that God loves us enough to take his word and apply it not just in the good areas of our life, but in the areas that need improvement. The areas that need to be fixed in our life. That's why I love my Bible. Not because it makes me all feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. It, I mean, yes, it comforts me. And yes, it strengthens me. But thanks be to God, it is profitable for correction. It straightens me out when I get off course. Isaiah said, we all like sheep have gone astray. Tonight, we're not sitting in a room full of perfect, perfect people who have lived the Christian life without mistakes and problems and issues. But tonight we are those that are saved by grace that if we allow the word of God, it corrects us tonight and we ought to rejoice. He said, I rejoice in thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Now that's not talking about a bad spoil. That's a good spoil. That's treasure. That's something of great value. Great spoil means great treasure. Tonight there's a set of commentaries that I've always wanted to get. And you know what stopped me from getting them, Brother Jacob? The price of them. It's John Phillips' commentaries. I've got a few books by him. I love uh, the way he writes. I love the truths that he pulls out. Now, commentaries, you've got to keep them in the right place. They're good when they, when they help you study and they strengthen your belief in the Scriptures. But when they start to find, point out faults and this and that and other, take it, find a garbage can and dispose of it properly. But I enjoy John Phillips' writings and how he pulls truth out of the word of God. And he's got a complete Genesis to Revelation set of commentaries. I'll check them every now and again on Amazon. But I don't ever pull the trigger on them. Why? They're over $300. You say, preacher, who in the world would charge $300 
for a set of commentaries like that. Apparently, Amazon does. <laughs> but we step back and say, that's way too much money for a book, let alone a set of books. 66 books, and they want $300 for that. And I say, you're buying more than a book. You're getting a man's study. You're getting a man that has divided time or devoted time to the word of God to study it. And he's just simply showing you what God has showed him through the word of God. But that's a lot of work. So you can think about it, all the hours and all the effort and all the time that has gone into that, $300 really isn't that bad. I mean, how many of us make more than that in a week? Working a secular job, right? So we value ourselves above that. But can I say that we have something greater than a commentary? We have God's word tonight. We have eternal truths right here at our fingertips. Tonight, if I gave you a treasure map and said, go find the treasure, it's worth $1.5 million. Some of y'all be climbing over the person in front of you to get there. And I said, we have something far, something of far more value tonight right here. It's, you already have it. It's here tonight. And when you get your heart fixed on this, this thing will grow in value in your life. It'll become the most valuable thing you possess. It'll be the greatest thing that you have. You, you'll take, you can get rid of all your other books, and it's okay, as long as you have your Bible. Because it's God's word. It's inspired. It's God-breathed tonight. And we have it here. And when our heart is fixed on the scriptures, we'll have an appreciation that sounds like verse 162. I rejoice that the word is one that findeth great spoil. Great spoil. I wish, I wish y'all could come. It'd be a little awkward. I probably wouldn't get much studying done. But I wish y'all could come to my office when I study. Y'all would think I'm crazy. <laughs> I'll just be reading through it, jotting down notes, and then I'll get to chuckling. I'll be like, my goodness, good night. Well, glory. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's good stuff. It's been there the whole time. But I'm just now discovering it. I'm just now, it's great treasure to me tonight. I'm grateful for it tonight. There's an appreciation of the value of the scripture but notice this, when our heart is fixed on the word of God, not only is there great appreciation, verse 1 to 63, there's disdain for dishonesty. There's disdain for dishonesty. Look at verse 163. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Now, that word hate and abhor mean almost the same thing. The word hate means to hate. We understand the, the definition, the utterly dislike. The word abhor means to think of it as abominable, abomination, wrong, completely wrong. But I was reading my verse, verse 163 tonight, and I couldn't help but think how we do sometimes. A little boy will be talking to a little girl, and we'll say this, do you like them, TR, or do you like like them? Right? When you double it, it's significant. It's special. It holds a greater, greater value to it. Here the psalmist says, I hate and I double hate. Lying. I hate dishonesty. But he says, I hate and abhor lying. There's a, a psychologist, I think that's what he is. His name's Jordan Peterson. I don't subscribe to everything he says. But I was watching a video of somebody that was putting into practice some of his, his actions and some of his sayings and some of his his, his stanzas and, and stances. And one of those is, he says, you always tell the truth. You always tell the truth. He said, from a psychological level, 
that it's actually easier on you to tell the truth. Because then you have to think of a lie to cover up the first lie. Then you got to think of another lie to cover up the next lie. And you got to think, what lie did I tell that person that I got to keep up with this person? And here's, it don't ever work. And I thought, when I, saw, I, didn't, I didn't need a psychiatrist to tell me that. I've got the Bible that says, hey, be honest before all men. Tell the truth. Bear, do not bear false witness. And so we see that tonight, that here when our heart is fixed on the word of God, there will be a hatred in our heart for lying. We will dislike it. And if our, our hate for lying is that strong, we will not be okay with telling even a small one. It'll bother us. We, 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 won't, we won't want to do it. That's not how we desire to do it. And here's the thing tonight. God will never lead you to lie because he's not the father of lies. Satan is. So know tonight that if there's ever a, a desire in your heart to tell a lie, it didn't come from God. It came from Satan tonight. So our hearts has to be fixed on the word of God and we'll have a disdain for dishonesty. We'll have an appreciation of the value of scriptures. Notice this, when our heart is fixed on the word of God, there'll be constant praise or consistent praise tonight, verse 164. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Let me ask you tonight, did you beat the psalmist today? <laughs> he said seven times a day. Now, preacher, what you're saying is as long as I say Seven times, seven times throughout the day, as long as I praise the Lord, then I've done my part. Now, that's the same kind of question Peter asked. How many times we forgive somebody, Lord? What did Jesus say? Seven times 70. So all I got to do is 490 times. Jesus wasn't saying, hey, don't keep count. It's just as it happens, as it takes place, hey, have a forgiving heart. The same is true in our, our, our Christian life when it comes to praise. The psalmist isn't saying, all right, seven, seven's it. As soon as you hit seven, you're done for the day. Go back to bed, wake up tomorrow, and do it all over again. But that word, that number seven is a number of completion. It's a number of perfection. Let me ask you this way. Have you taken every opportunity to praise the Lord today? Have you completely praised the Lord? In essence, have you taken every opportunity that has arisen today to give thanks to God? what he's saying right there. He said, he said, when my heart is fixed on the word of God, my heart is in tune. My heart is, is desiring to praise the Lord and I see more opportunities to pray. Seven times a day have I praised thy, thy, thy word. Do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments? Because I watch God keep his word. And so when our heart is fixed on the word of God, we'll have a, a, a heart that is instigated by the word of God to give praise. We'll have a consistent praise. Notice this number four. We'll have great peace. We'll have great peace. Look at verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I heard one preacher say it this way, or, or, or preach it this way. He said, if you're right with God, nothing I say or do will offend you. And I say, that's not quite what the verse is saying. Because I'm human. I can say things the wrong way. I can say the right thing and say it the wrong way and cause offense. But tonight when the psalmist says there's great peace, it would have they which love thy law. I will say this tonight. There's nothing like being under the authority of the word of God. 
In essence, I am doing what the word of God says and I'm following God's word. I'm obeying God's word. And when me and you do that, we've put ourselves under the authority of God's word. And here's the secret of that. God always keeps his word. The safest place you'll be is in obedience to the word of God tonight. And that brings great peace. Because it's not what I have done. It's not what I have accomplished. I simply took God at his word and he's gonna keep his end of the bargain and there's great peace that comes with that tonight. But then it does say in verse 165, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. So you mean, preacher, if my heart's in the word of God, nothing's going to upset me. Nothing's going to offend me. Let me ask you now, what's going on in our country? Does it bother you? Yeah? What we see being promoted and what we see being pushed down the, the throat of our children. There was a show that me and my family were enjoying watching as a family. It was a kid's show that was coming out and we enjoyed watching it and we were excited for the next season to come out and it finally came out and we watched two episodes of it and then we kept, my wife read about it online she said, we can't watch it no more. She said, because we're pushing the, 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 the same-sex LBGTQ agenda on that show. Well, I'm glad I grew up in a generation where cartoons were cartoons. <laughs> you could watch them and learn life lessons. You could learn to be honest. You could learn to be truthful. You could learn to be kind. You could learn to be respectful. You didn't have to worry. They weren't, none, of, none of the cartoon caterers I grew up with were confused about their gender. None of the cartoon caterers I grew up with were any type of political. When I grew up, matter of fact, when I grew up, Cartoons made fun of politicians. And now they're trying to get political. What'd you do, preacher? We ain't watched another episode and we're not going to. If I could figure out a way to get in contact with the person that wrote it and said, why in the world? Why in the world do you have to put that in a show that is targeted to kids 8 and 12 years old? They don't need to know nothing about that. They need to know how to go outside and play. How to be kids. There's great peace. It comes with it. So there's things in this world, they offend us. Well, obviously your heart must not be right if it offends you. It's not what the word means there tonight. The word means that when my heart is fixed on the word of God, that word offend carries an understanding of stumbling. When my heart is fixed on the word of God, I'm obeying the word of God. I'm trusting the word of God. I'm living by the precepts of God's word. And that, that's it, nothing else. I'm not entertaining anything else. I put myself in a safe place. I'm not able, and I'm, and I'm less likely to stumble when I'm living my life that way. He said, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Sometimes we, we get scared because those things from our past life, those things we used to do, that person we used to be, it, there's something that we see, there's something that happens, and it triggers us. And something we haven't thought about in years, all of a sudden now we're craving. All of a sudden now we're thinking, man, I, I wonder if, preacher, how do I deal with those? Ground your heart in the word of God. Find you a verse and quote it until everything else goes away. Got to quote it out loud, quote it out loud. Preacher, that's crazy. People will think I'm crazy. Would you rather think people are crazy, think you're crazy and keep your testimony than to please your flesh and lose your testimony? Great peace is found when we fix our heart on the word of God. And notice number five tonight, when our heart is fixed on the word of God, we stand in awe of God's word, there's an expectant hope. Look at verse 166. Lord, 
I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Once again, that's not a hope so. Lord, I hope one day you won't come, but I don't know if you are or not. That's not what the psalmist is saying. He has that expectant hope that, that sooner or later, God is going to come. The Bible has been used for a lot of things. The Bible has been used by a lot of people. But the more you read it, the more you should ex- expect the fulfillment of your hope. The more you read it, the more you ought to find yourself in 1 Thessalonians waiting for the return of Christ. The more you read it, the more you ought to get up in the morning and say, today could be the day that Christ calls me home. That today could be the day that I am am, am ushered up to heaven. Today could be the day. And that's not like, all right, now I'm waiting for it to happen. No, that ought to put us in the gear to serve the Lord, to tell those that we know that need to hear the gospel, to help those we know that need to see the love of Christ. It ought to put us into action tonight and not just sit there and say, I hope so. I hope so. You ever heard that phrase, you're of, uh, what is it? You're too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good. Can I say tonight, if me and you were actually fixated on heaven and the reality of what we're going to do in heaven, we won't just think about the streets of gold. We won't just think about the, the, the jasper walls and the crystal sea and the big catfish and all that good stuff that people talk about, Chick-fil-A at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We won't think about just those things. We'll think about one day we'll stand before Christ. Have to give an account. And that'll put us in gear tonight. There's an expectant hope. The more we read our Bible, the more we are, our hearts get fixed on the more we study it, it ought, to, it ought to push us to serve the Lord with greater fervency tonight. Number six tonight, and we're just about done. When me and you have a heart that is fixed on God and we're fixed on his word tonight, it'll produce an honest exposure. Look at verse 167. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. Look at the last part. For all my ways are before thee. For all my ways are before thee. Verse 167, he says, my soul hath kept thy testimony. I, remember that word means the treasure. The whole near and near. He said, I have kept thy, I've treasured them. I've, I'm grateful for them. I've invested in them. I've meditated on them. I've read them. I've studied them. I treasure them. I've kept thy testimonies. And I love them exceedingly. The Bible is not boring to me. The Bible does not necessarily bother me. The Bible doesn't offend me. As a matter of fact, the more I read it, the more I fall in love with the word of God. And that's what the psalmist is saying. I have loved them exceedingly. I've kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. He said, I have treasured them. He says, for all my ways are before thee. He said, if it's not so, Lord, tell me. In essence, he's saying, Lord, I've done everything I know to do. I've I, 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 I put everything I know to put into this. And I, I love it and I've kept it. He said, Lord, all my ways are before thee. Lord, if I'm missing something. Lord, if there's more, I want it. Lord, if I can have a greater love for your word, I want it. Lord, if I can have a greater meditation of the scriptures, I want it. If I can study the scriptures better, I want it. If there's something more for me, then I want it. There's an honest exposure tonight. Now, we know if the Apostle Paul had not arrived, he didn't have it all figured out tonight. He had it all, 
all completely understood tonight, then we know tonight that we'll spend the rest of our life loving this book. And we'll step back before God and say, God, it can't get no better than this. I mean, I, it's just been leaping off the pages to me. It's been, it's been soothing my heart. At the same time, it's been cutting at my flesh. At the same time, it's been discerning my thoughts. At the same time, it's been strengthening me. At the same time, it's been changing me. God, it can't get no better than this. If it can, Lord, show me. And it's all right. Watch this. And then you'll say, oh, it can't get no better than this. And then you'll find out it can. And you'll say, oh, this is it. I, it can't get no better than this. I've read it, I've read it through and through multiple times. I've read everything that's in there. He'll take you back to a part you already read and say, did you see this? He'll say, I didn't see that before. It can't get no better than this. You see where I'm going tonight? It just gets better and better and better and better and better tonight. Be like if you had a never-ending ice cream cone. It'd be awesome. Unless you're Miss Raylan. Wherever she is tonight. There she is. She's lactose intolerant. So never ending ice cream cone is no good to her. But you just. <laughs> I mean that is the thing that dreams are made of. And you step back and say. It can't get no better than this. But you got to remember that ice cream cone's earthly. Matter of fact, if all you eat is ice cream, you're headed to diabetes. <laughs> My son, oh, he gets it honest. <laughs> he was at a vacation Bible school. I named the church. And it was good. It was good vacation Bible school, doctrine-wise and all that good stuff. They went to the snacks the first day. Came home, we asked what they had for snacks. He said, Dad, I'm pretty sure them people are trying to give us diabetes. <laughs> Told me what they had. I said, yeah, I think they were, son. <laughs> I think they were. But an honest exposure. An honest exposure. You treasure it. You dwell in it. You meditate on it. And you step back and say, this is, the good, this is as good as it gets, Lord. If it can get any better, show me. And I say, hold on a second. All right, let me show you. Let me show you. And he'll keep showing you and showing you. And say, there's no way. <coughs> Excuse me, it can get better and better. And you'll find out It does. It does. I was listening to a preacher this week preach on Joseph. And I'm not going to tell you everything because I want you to come back Wednesday night. And he preached on Joseph in a way, in a form, in a fashion I've never heard preached like that. And the first part of me is like there's nothing new under the sun. This man's wrong. And I should have stopped and said, because I knew the man that was saying, I said, yeah, he's probably right. But he said, no. He preached on it, and I said, I've never heard it like this. And I sat back, and I said, I just stared at the TV, my mouth wide open, and said, boy, I've, I've never seen that. But it's right, and it's true. And so come back Wednesday night, and I'll do my best to explain it the way he did, and I'll probably leave you all confused. And you're saying, preacher, he said, What? <laughs> But the more you study this thing, the more you depend upon this thing, the more you trust the Word of God and believe the Word of God and apply the Word of God, the better it gets. I challenge you. Go home tonight and say, God, it's been real good this, this Sunday. And God, you've showed me a lot of great things out of your Word in two messages. 
Lord, does it get better than this? Then open up your Bible and start reading. I guarantee you tonight, he'll, he'll show you, oh, it gets a whole lot better. It gets a whole lot better. There's an honest exposure. Lord, if this is as good as it gets, there's any more out there, show me. and He'll show you tonight. Our heart is fixed on the word of God. How many glad tonight we didn't talk about them princes persecuting? <laughs> We'd all left that here defeated. They got a strong persecution. It's a personal persecution. It's a problematic persecution. Oh, I could preach a whole sermon on them tonight. We'd all walk out of here like, boy, what are we going to do with all that persecution? How we gonna, I don't even want to get up in the morning. And face that, I'm going to sleep in. I'm not going to go into work. That's persecution right there. I, the fact I got to get them to go to work. I'm glad not we can have our hearts fixed on the word of God. We'll have peace. It'll give us our heart to be in the right place. We'll have a hope. We'll have a sincere appreciation of the scriptures and the value that is in them. And we'll find out God has even more for us tonight. If we just fix our heart on the word of God. Let's pray to Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord.